Voices that inspire the extended interview. Mike Williams, founder and CEO of Dash Foundation and Dreams and Success Homes, Inc. It's a social impact project that's focused on creating a therapeutic empowerment housing and coaching network for young adults aging out of foster care or transitioning out of homeless. That's a lot. <laughs> so, Michael, I think you come to this very uh, with, with deep personal experience, foster care. Yes, ma'am. Tell me a little bit about your background. So my background and story that I highlight was being raised by a single mother um, who typically wasn't abusive physically or verbally. It was just more so on the neglect side. And she ended up making some tough decisions as a single mother dating a guy um, that was in drug dealings and bad environment. And so I ended up in the foster care system at the age of 12. And rather than being reunified with her, she ended up losing her rights. And so I ended up having to live in foster care until the age of 18. And you, at this point, don't even remember how many different homes that was. No. Uh, the first six months to a year was really rough and challenging. Um, and it was just about 40-plus homes that I lived in during that time. And after that, it kind of stopped counting. And I was just focused on kind of finding permanency. So what's it like to be a 12-year-old just I think that the point you made is so powerful that you didn't really even know what love was. And so it was hard to even know if any of these foster parents were loving or kind. And you just had all this feeling of just being rejected mm-hmm. by the key person you wanted love from, your yes. parents. Yep. And so just talk a little bit about that so that – so people can understand what it's like for a child to be in foster care. For sure. Well, I'm very big on our resilience and being optimistic and ambitious about life and really following your dreams. And I believe what really fuels that for a lot of people is hope. And so as a young child coming into foster care at the age of 12, the hope is to go back to your family and be in that normal circumstance and environment you were raised in. But unfortunately, a lot of teens that come into the system don't end up getting that reunification. So then the hope is that you find somebody who loves you, but really not what we know as love. Love for them is really supports what they want and their desires. Um, And so the foster care system is wrapped around, you know, parenting a child. But a lot of teens don't want to be parented because they have parents. They want to be coached and supported, but the system doesn't do that. So a child in the system at the age of 12 has a lot of hope. Um, to receive love, but in ways that the system doesn't really recognize it. So you navigated your way out of the system. What, and I met you right as you were coming out of it the first time I met you. What gave you that incentive to then create the business model that you're working under now? So for me, when I aged out at 18 um, and when we first met, You know, it's transitioned from hope to finding somebody that loves and supports you to transitioning to opportunity um, and really embracing any opportunity that I could. And so as a young adult jumping out of the system, I was embracing the wrong opportunities because I felt rejected from the system before. So when I aged out, I was in the streets and I was just doing unhealthy things. And so out of that, I ended up becoming homeless by the age of 21. And I'm real big on reflection and then manifestation. And so as I reflected on my life, I was like, yo... 
not that I just waste a lot of time, but I wasted a lot of resources that if I would have valued them differently, I could be in a different position now and really not have my hand out or not be insecure about having my hand out if I would embrace the resources before. So I wanted to create a program that put all the resources in front of young people and show them the path that they're headed if they make the right decisions. And if you make the wrong decisions or not wrong decisions, but bad decisions, that they could take you left and prevent you from getting to that end goal. So how did you get started with Dash? So with Dash, I actually, it was during an intermediate time in my life because I became an entrepreneur back in like 2015, started youth conferences and different businesses. And I ended up becoming a part of an organization that was statewide. And my program that was my baby at that time, uh, the organization ended up copywriting it and taking it from me. And then I could no longer, and served me a non-compete, so I could no longer do business. So from 2017 to 2019, I kind of went through a relapse of depression, not trusting the system, having people take things from me and throw me out. Um, but then I ended up connecting with a good friend out of St. Pete, uh, who was with Sell Future. And so I started working with him, who the CEO is Mike Long. I started working with them just running a crisis center. And during that time in running the crisis center, I was reminded of independent living and the challenges that young people have as they age out. And they're the same challenges that I was having when I when I aged out. And I'm like, yo, it's too much out here um, of support and resources that people want to help. So you shouldn't have, be having to go through this. And so I wanted to take it into my own hands to create a housing network that really supported young people and met them where they're at. Not met them where my organizational needs are or my mission values, but really what is your beliefs and your current mindset and how do we help you transition from that? So tell me a little bit about what you're doing right now. What, what's, how does your organization look? Yep. So we have a for-profit company, which is a real estate company, and a nonprofit, which is a foundation. The for-profit in the real estate focuses on collaborating with land uh, owners, property owners, real estate investors, and creating housing for young people. And then once our young people move into our home, rather than your typical landlord that requires background check and credit check, we waive that for our tenants to commit to coaching through our foundation. And when they commit to coaching in our foundation, we're very intentional and we coach them on three paths, self-confidence, self-sufficiency and financial freedom. And how many young people do you have in your houses now? So currently we have 28 homes across the state. We have 53 beds. And right now we have roughly about 48 young adults. And how do these young adults hear about you? How do you how do they find out about what you're offering? So we host another educational training conference called My Jumpstart to Independence. And so in multiple counties across the state, we're hosting that conference and we're recruiting and sharing our energy and our way of thinking to young people before. So they hear about us sometimes before, but then if not, agencies from the foster care system that are called community-based care agencies, they refer them to us. So what do you think people, the general public, needs to know about foster youth and people coming out of the foster system? What do, you, what, do you, what do you think people don't understand and what do you think would benefit them to know? For sure. So for young adults under 18, the community has a misconstrued perspective that teens in care are challenging um, bad, disrespectful. And yes, they're all of them titles, but they're very optimistic, very resilient, very courageous. And once you connect with them again and meet them where they're at with their support, they're beautiful souls and individuals that really commit to their selves and to doing everything they need to be successful because they don't want to keep reliving that pain. And then for young adults um, over 18, it's really don't treat them like they're victimized citizens. 
Uh, a lot of people think because they've been in foster care, they have a lot of abuse and they need to be catered to like that. And I don't believe they do. I believe now that they're out, they're 18, they have five years of every support that you can imagine to be successful. We need to value them as first class and treat them and empower them with a hand up rather than really just making them stay in the cycle of thinking about their past. How do you keep your energy up? How do you keep going on? I mean, this is you're doing incredible work, but it's hard work and it takes patience. And, you know, you're dealing with a population that doesn't always see the opportunity that you're presenting to them. How, sure. how do you stay? How do you stay positive And how do you how do you stay focused on what you're doing? For me, I've been luckily to find my purpose, and I believe this is my purpose, living my life out as an example and vehicle for people to learn from. And so each experience I go through, whether good or bad, I'm excited to go through it because I get to teach it to somebody else because I've built this community. And so just being able to wake up each day knowing I have a community and a platform to go to to share my story, to inspire, really keeps me elevated and motivated to stay true. Seeing their hope and not wanting to leave and hope in a community that is going to empower them keeps me feeling motivated. That's that's great. So how does the state help you with this work? It's, does the state play a role? Do they know what you're doing? I mean, this is really an interesting solution to a challenging problem. So. so my goal, actually, the state does know what I'm doing in a sense of my story and me being one of theirs that's become successful. Um, but in, in the essence of collaboration, I really wanted to go the private route. I wanted to do our own thing, build our own network, our own community, and come along the state because I believe that when you go – to the state and want support, that they start to try to dictate your policies, dictate how you do things, and I didn't want that. I wanted them to come to me after and say, hey, what are you doing and how can you help us? And so that's been our focus, but that's at the state level. At the community level, there's community-based care agencies, and so we collaborate with all of them who essentially are the providers for the state that manage the foster care fund. And so we collaborate with them, but it's directly with the tenant. So we don't have contracts essentially with the agencies, but we recruit with the tenants and work with them to house their young adults. But we work directly with the young people because then that provides independence for that young person to make a decision and not an agency over them. That's great. That makes sense. Do you know how many kids are in foster care currently in the state? Currently, no. I know last time I checked, probably about a month ago, it was more than 10,000, like all in total. For teens and what we focus on, it's roughly about six to nine thousand. So six to nine thousand teens are out there, maybe not in a situation that's going to be good for them. Yes, and most of the time in a situation that's not good because statistics show that only three percent of young adults who age out go on to be a success story in which they consider full time job or a college degree. So only three percent. Only three percent. So you have capacity for how many? Fifty. Right now, fifty-three. What's your what? What's your dream? Where would you like to get this? So my dream and vision for Dash is we're on a hundred home Dash, and so it's to have a hundred homes throughout ten counties throughout the state that create four to five hundred beds and allow young people to navigate our network and feel empowered and motivated to accomplish their dreams. I believe in the statewide model because often sometimes being in the same community that we were traumatized and abused in keeps us in the cycle. And so young people, because they're courageous, they'll move if they know they have one person to support them. So with us having a statewide network, a lot of our young adults move to new cities, new environments, and it really gives us a chance to, to indulge and nurture them in a right supportive manner. 
Yeah. I think that's really true. I mean, there's so much trauma attached to a place where, you know, you've had so many struggles. And for, you know, when you think about family, for a family, it's an individual stays complacent in their family, in that household, in their cousins, aunts, uncles, and things like that. But for young people who come out of the system, they don't have that. They have the entire community they feel is their playing field. So when they stay in that community, they're engaging with everybody, family, friends, all of this, who may be unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And typically when you have family, you go to that family. And so most of our young people in foster care, they're going to their family in that community. And it's the family that never got them back, that allowed them to age out and haven't been supportive. But now they want to be involved because the young adult gets a check and they want some of that support from them. Human nature is not always a pretty thing, is it? No, not at all. So your background obviously gives you a lot of authority and authenticity in the work you're doing. I mean, I don't think anybody else could come to it with the compassion and the, and the, the smarts that you have because you, you know you've been there. You've known it. You've, you know the disappointment. You know the anger. You know the hope. You know the feeling of when your hope is dashed. All of that is stuff you use then, I'm sure, in thinking about what to structure for the kids you take in. Yes, for sure. It's why when I meet with a lot of people, and I I was just on another podcast recently with executive directors from like California, Brooklyn, all over the nation, and everybody similar does the same thing. But the intentionality that we have at Dash is none other than my life experience because I've been an alumni in the system. I've been a professional in the system. I've been an advocate. I've been all these different parts. And so our program is very, very, very intentional. Every step of the way for the last 10 years of my life that's gotten me to where I'm at, I've had a checkbox every single. And I've basically duplicated my life checklist into a model that could be critiqued and unique for any individual that came into our network. Just a couple final thoughts. First of all, what does DASH stand for? So DASH stands for Dreams and Success Homes. Okay. The other thing is, what would you say to a kid who maybe just happens to hear you who is in a foster home or feeling unsupported? What, 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 would you, what advice would you give to a young person in that situation? For sure. Um, for a young person under 18, believe in yourself. Don't give up on yourself. I know that while in the system, it feels like you have no control. But at the end of the day, you do have control because you have a voice. And it may be oftentimes that the system doesn't hear you. But if you stay true and constantly repeat yourself, repeat yourself and stay true to what you believe, then people will hear you. What often happens is us as young people in the system, we start to change our story because we feel like people aren't hearing us. And then we alter our identity, and then we end up in survival mode. So to a young person in the system, just stand true to what you want and what you believe, and at some point somebody will hear you because there is a lot of support in your community. You just have to make sure you're communicating the same thing so you're heard. All right. Awesome. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This is the Smart Dream CEO, also known as Mike Williams. Always make sure to dream big, dream beyond, and dream now. Life is too short. There's a lot of chaos, and you got to live it now.